0: Okay, so I guess welcome, everyone, to uh, MMC's first satellite service. Uh, yeah, just uh, one more, one step closer to being a church, I guess. Uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you so much, um, Steve and Connie, for working with me, as they said earlier. Uh, I haven't been feeling well lately, um, but fortunately, I just got back uh, some COVID test results and they came negative. So uh, phrases for that, um, but yeah, still, still feeling a little bit rough, um, but I guess uh, I'll go ahead and get started here. So our readings today are all about widows, both the widows themselves and how their communities responded to them. All the widows in our readings, Experienced some sort of hardship due to their status. However, ancient Hebrew culture had a system in place for the care of widows, mm-hmm. in that their financial well-being became the responsibility of their nearest male relative, most notably through a Leverite marriage to a woman's brother-in-law or whichever male relative was next in line. Uh, While I doubt this system was ideal to begin with, uh, and I am glad to not use it anymore, uh, it still stands that there was a system in place to take care of widows. The widows in today's readings all fell through the cracks of it. Ruth and Naomi were a mother and daughter-in-law pair whose husbands and male children, who would have been the most obvious caretakers of the pair, uh, had all died when they moved back to Naomi's homeland Boaz, Boaz and the other men allowed Ruth and Naomi to clean the fields um, but they didn't exactly trip over each other uh, to take responsibility for the women or find out who would be responsible for them. In fact, Ruth had to approach Boaz on the threshing floor before he finally took responsibility for Ruth and Naomi's well-being through a Leverite marriage to Ruth. Boaz at best procrastinated his responsibilities. At worst, he avoided them until pressed. While he did eventually rise to the occasion and care for Ruth and Naomi, the fact that he merely let the women safely glean his field for some time, then let them work with the other women, um, before fully executing his responsibilities um, provides a chance for for us to reflect. What is the contemporary equivalent of letting those who should be under our care merely glean our fields? And are our efforts to care for others rooted in a desire to be part of a community that shares responsibility for one another? Or are they merely things that we check off our lists so that we can go to bed feeling good about ourselves. The reading from 1 Kings tells the story of one of Elijah's miracles. In this story, the widow and her son are so destitute that death seems inevitable. Again, she again fell through the cracks of a system which was supposed to sustain her. Um, Now, could be that all of her known male relatives uh, were dead or destitute themselves largely because of the drought. Um, maybe maybe everyone was struggling. Uh, or maybe there were some people who were managing uh, but just neglected her. Or maybe they were trying to take care of themselves and didn't want to, to risk having another mouth to feed during hard times. Um, when Elijah approaches her, he, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. When Elijah approached her, he promised that God would miraculously provide for her and her son. But first, he asked that she give him what little she had, which is puzzling to read now. So I'd like you to hold this spot while we move on to the passage from Mark. Most of us here are probably familiar with the Mark passage. Uh, The version I grew up with was kind of this feel good telling of the story about how a destitute widow who gave two copper coins was regarded as Christ as having given more than all the wealthy temple donors combined because she gave all that she had. It was a reminder that so long as we truly gave what we could to the church, God would recognize and reward us for our efforts. It reminds me of some of those uh, feel good clickbait stories that you might come across on the internet, such as high school robotics team builds power chair for a disabled student after insurance denied his claim. And six year old boy collects and sells aluminum cans to save money for college. They make us feel good because they make us feel like even the smallest of people or Organizations can do important things. But as many people have pointed out, the feel good stories, even if they are true, um, are somewhat disturbing, maybe especially if they happen to be true. Um, Our healthcare system and a community full of adults probably should not leave a child's mobility to a high school robotics team. A six year old. Should not be worried about his ability to pay for an education. And there may be more to these stories than I know, considering that I generally try to avoid clicking on them. Um, But what I'm getting at here is that this maybe resembles the two approaches that we can take to the Mark passage. The first half of the passage shows Jesus complaining that the religious leaders, quote, devour widows' houses. Perhaps Jesus did not mean for this event to be retold as a feel-good story, but an example of a predatory system. This widow, who I will re- reiterate, should have had someone to care for her, was not receiving assistance from the, religi- the religious establishment, but was likely pressured into giving her last two pennies. Whether explicitly Or implicitly through the messages she had received throughout her life. And I have admittedly limited knowledge of the practices of religious leaders in first century Israel, but we do today see religious or predatory religious leaders in our own time. We see prosperity gospel preachers uh, often ask their parishioners for large donations, promising that. God will reward them with health and wealth. When the health and wealth do not arrive, the church may tell the individual that they simply don't have enough faith, and even shame them into giving more money. I wonder what was going on in the mind of the widow of which Jesus spoke. Had the passage from First Kings been used against her to tell her that God would only take care of her If she gave all that she had to the temple. And what is a better way to interpret the passage from 1 Kings? Well, maybe we should see it as more of an and passage than an and then. The widow helped Elijah and God helped her, or we could see it as God helped the widow and she helped Elijah rather than seeing them as a cause and effect. Perhaps it was more an example of mutual care, that widows who have slipped through the, cra- through the cracks of our society are not only people for whom we should care, but also people who deserve respect and people who want to contribute to our communities if we allow them to do so and support them along the way. In conclusion, these passages leave us much to think about regarding those who have fallen through the cracks of our communities. The passages invite us to examine our motives in our support of others. They also ask us to consider how a given passage might be used against someone who is already struggling and see the dignity, both existing and potential, of everyone around us. (laughs) Of Of everyone around us. And now I am done.